Memorial Stadium. Since 1962. Since 1962. A sellout crowd. A sellout crowd. All sold out. Hey, we sold out, but we still saved you a seat. The Sellout with Mitch Sherman and Max Olson. Hello and welcome. I'm Mitch Sherman. Max Olson is with me. We are both stationed in frigid Nebraska for our second episode of the sellouts in this new year. Just 33 weeks until the season opener, less than two months until spring practice. Max, I hope that warms your football heart. <laughs> I was uh, I, I landed uh, late last night in Omaha and was driving home probably around midnight. And I checked the app just to see. I, I knew my, my car was saying it was like three, four degrees. Wind chill, minus yep. 16. Yeah, right. It was minus 15 when I checked last night. So... We are in the full throes of January, and with it, we have got news on the Nebraska coaching staff to discuss today on this episode as released on Thursday morning by the university. First, though, I do want to acknowledge that, Max, you won our bet on the national championship game yeah, with LSU's victory over Clemson. I don't know how I picked against Joe Burrow, but I did. So congratulations. Yeah, ha- <laughs> Picking against Joe Burrow, uh, I don't Bad think anyone idea. did well when they did that this year. So, um, no. yeah, no. that worked out nicely. And uh, <laughs> so, should we just do like a whole Joe Burrow Nebraska revisionist history pod, or should we just, should we just move on? We should. Should we dedicate like the month of June to Joe Burrow and and uh, <laughs> maybe so? What would have happened? We could go season so. by season. Just throw some yeah, salt so. in the wound, twist the knife, all right. that. Right. It was nice to hear it mentioned several times again on the the ESPN broadcast. So, oh sure, I will I will pay up by arranging a great guest for our future podcast. As were the terms of our bet, I'm already at work on that. I think you're going to enjoy it. It may be a few weeks down the road before we sit down to chat with this to be named later guest. He's he's uh, something of a of a world traveler. So, um, a little tease I, I for you. Saw, for, uh, I was at February. the coaches' convention and I just saw. Yes. Um, I ran into Frank Solich. Should we try and get Frank Solich? Oh, wow. That's not what I was thinking, but <laughs> that, might that would be, be fantastic. Pull. That yeah, might be a you tough know, pull, but it would be a fun pod. I have, uh, I've run into Frank at, coach, at a coaches convention in the past. Uh, several years ago, I went in 13 and 14. In fact, uh, I, I tweeted earlier this week about my, my run-in with Ed Orgeron at the, the 14 convention. He was out of a job, and it's just amazing how far he has come in six years. But, but how, what, what happened with Solich? Did you, did you get to talk to him? Oh, just a you know, just a quick handshake, hello, that kind of thing. I I, I didn't uh, didn't want to bug him with, uh, hey, let's talk about Lincoln, you know. So <laughs> yeah, you could have talked no, to him was, about. French he was fries. heading to a meeting and just uh, just a, just a quick hello. Did he, st- did he still smell of French fries? <laughs> he did. He was not covered in in, in French fry uh, peanut oil or anything. That was good. No, okay. Frank Frank's, right. Frank's you know I know Frank's getting up there, but he's uh, he's he looks he's good, same yeah. as ever, man. He's he's doing well. Oh yeah. He's like a bionic man. I mean, you're talking about your 70-year-old who uh, is living the life of a, of a 50-year-old. Yeah, Frank yeah, uh, Frank has sure. kept himself in good shape over the years. Anything else to share with our audience from your, your elbow rubbing at, at Opryland? Uh, <laughs> I'm exhausted, man. I'm, like I'm, the, the, the off-season like, actually starts for me today, um, Okay, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to... Uh, <laughs> I have I feel like I have a lot of TV shows to catch up on and movies and books and and 
things of that nature. I also have like a lot of uh, healthy eating and exercise to catch up on. Yeah. So I, I'm envious of you that you've been able to, uh, I don't know, coast a little bit here ever since the Iowa game. It's been a little crazy, crazy on my end, but I think things are finally, finally slowing down. And no, it was a productive trip there. Just, you know, catching all sorts of coaches. Um, I, uh, you know, out there with, with Chris Vanini and, and certainly one thing that was encouraging is so many coaches, uh, I didn't have any coaches saying, Hey, I'm a huge fan of the sellouts, but I did have dozens and dozens of coaches <laughs> talking about what a huge fan they are of the athletics. So that was, uh, that was very kind of them. That's awesome. And I, it's a, it's a common theme. So yeah, I'm like, I'm like, uh, a f- after new year's, like a full week or two into the, the whole, um, you know, healthy eating and, and, and rededicated to exercise thing. So when you sent me the picture from Nashville the other night <laughs> of your hot chicken, um, yeah. I was that at Hattie B's. You it was Hattie B's. Back? Yeah. Hattie yeah. B's had to do it. Yeah. When you sent me that picture, I was, I, it was more than just the regular, like envious of you. It was coming from, from, um, you know my own my own situation too. I was not was not eating hot chicken last night. So, all right, we um, we need to talk about what's going on in Nebraska. Whole a whole lot of hand wringing since the departure a couple weeks ago of Javon Dewitt, Nebraska's former outside linebackers coach and special teams coordinator. He's off to North Carolina. We addressed that last week on the podcast and his his um, hookup with Mac Brown in Chapel Hill, uh, a good landing spot for Javon for sure. Um, the the consternation in Lincoln and around Nebraska was due not so much to DeWitt's replacement, and that announcement came Thursday. That was no shock as Scott Frost unveiled Mike Dawson. Amazingly, Mike Dawson is coming back from the NFL. Who would have that, that would have guessed? Familiar. Right? Who would have guessed? I, I had not not heard much about that over the last uh, several <laughs> weeks. But no, Mike uh, Dawson was was let go um, with the New York Giants staff or much of the New York Giants staff. Um, after Black Monday, and he is coming back to Nebraska to coach outside linebackers. The Huskers, of course, replaced him a year ago with Tony Tuioti on the defensive line, um, and now we're left to wonder what is going to happen with the special team situation because that was such a problem, um, to be frank, throughout last season. Nebraska's inability to be efficient on special teams, DeWitt, was coaching those units in addition to outside linebackers. Dawson, as it was announced Thursday, will coach only outside linebackers. So it remains to be seen what Nebraska is going to do with that special team spot. What, um, what kind of thoughts do you have about whether Nebraska needs a full-time assistant in this spot or if it could potentially work to hire an off-field coach to – coordinate special teams from the office and in the background at practice is that something that uh, I know I know there are, there are schools that do it and do it successfully but w- mm-hmm. how do you feel about that possibility in Lincoln yeah it makes sense it's it's funny that like you know a couple of years ago the, there was this all you know sort of all this hubbub about adding a 10th assistant and mm-hmm. and you know programs all over the country did and it's funny that Nebraska's in a spot now where they can't find a spot for a special teams coordinator when when I think in a lot of cases that was the intent of the rule popping up here. But uh, every coach treats that differently. And no, I think you're right. I think that probably seems like a logical outcome here to to find someone uh, who's who's really established uh, in the special teams world. And um, there are there are a few guys out there who who have that reputation and, you know, be a little bit creative about uh, that role and in, in their involvement, but you know there there's a, a report out this morning from 24/7 Sports that uh, 
uh, Sean Snyder, the the Kansas State uh, great, uh, could be a guy that, uh, that that would be on Nebraska's radar, and I, I think that would make sense for Sean to want to get back into coaching. He was, you know, he was on the K State staff last year, but really more in, a, in an administrative. administrative kind of behind the scenes role there, and so um, you know, obviously K State. Yeah, you got to put him right there with the best in the country in special teams over the course of the Bill Snyder era. So I could see him being someone that uh, would ha- would would be itching to get back into to coordinating special teams, and so that makes sense. Obviously, um, you know, I, I think Nebraska's got to pursue any avenue they can to to see who's out there, and you know, what kind of role can they craft that would get someone onto the staff. Yeah, Snyder's among the names that uh, I've heard for the, for this potential position. Um, he's He's, as you said, was out of the game last year, or at least out of the on-field coaching game. Former punter at K-State, and and really was the mastermind for years behind Bill Snyder's great special teams play in Manhattan. So um, interesting to see if if that grows more legs, and if potentially he ends up in a spot, and what that spot would be. We know that Nebraska is mm-hmm. in the market right now for an offensive analyst. Uh, that job was posted. And it, it closed in early January on the, the university job site. And we'll, we'll find out, I think, more about that position later and whether Nebraska is going to hire a coach who is more inexperienced in, in what a lot of schools have done in the analyst spot or if it becomes more of one of those high-profile analyst positions like we've seen pop up regularly in the SEC where it's a kind of a career rehabilitation position to get um, someone with a lot of experience back yeah. into closer to a coordinator spot. And then how does the special teams position uh, jive with all of that? Is it, is it another analyst position? Um, I don't think uh, someone with the credentials of Sean Snyder certainly would come as an intern or a GA. So did they create a new, a new kind of spot? It, it, the analyst position does allow teams a little bit of latitude in what coaches can do while they can't, work individually with players like a quarterback's coach would. There is some on-field work that's allowed, and certainly you'd have a dedicated guy in the office who's not out on the road recruiting uh, in the spring and and, uh, during those contact periods in the fall. So that could work to Nebraska's advantage if it has an office guy or an analyst-type person in that special teams role as far as uh, that guy being truly dedicated to the the special teams. Mm -hmm. So uh, can you believe – it is the NFL Conference Championship Week. Max, we've got an ad here to read, and I think up. this is going to games. be – Yeah, I think this is going to be the year for the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. We've been around uh, – we were both around Patrick Mahomes in, the, uh, in his college days. Is, yeah. Does he get the Chiefs back to the, uh, back to the Super Bowl for uh, the first time in forever? I think, I think it's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, the, clearly the Titans know the way to win that game, and, and I can't believe they beat the Ravens. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm feeling good about – if if the Titans put the Chiefs in a tough stuff, tough spot, I think Mahomes can throw their way out of it a little bit better yeah, than uh, yeah. Lamar Jackson did. So, yeah, so I'm feeling Chiefs, is, yeah. and I'm I, I don't know. You, you like Packers or, or Niners? I like the Niners. Niners and the Chiefs. That's uh, that's what our household is is uh, is looking at here. So, uh, one way or the other, that the time is up for two of these teams that are playing this weekend. But you still have time to feed your fantasy fix with DraftKings the leader in one-day fantasy football. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, throw, and catch means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Just draft your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. 
Nothing adds to that sweat like watching the game with a free shot at $750,000 on your first deposit. And for a limited time, all new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500. That's some extra cash to play with throughout the playoffs. So download the DraftKings apps app app now and use the code RUN, R-U-N, for a limited time. Both new and existing users can get a bonus of up to $500 in your next deposit. Use the code RUN, minimum $5 deposit required. Deposit bonus requires a 25-time playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. So, Max, other news at Nebraska on Thursday. Ryan Held, the running backs coach, is getting a promotion and a raise. Travis mm-hmm. Fisher, the secondary coach, is getting a raise. Greg Austin is getting a promotion. This is all interesting. A lot of names out there in the mix um, as uh, Nebraska kind of reshapes its staff a bit early in this offseason. Your thoughts on on those three guys and the uh, the news that came down about them this week? Yeah, I mean, the Travis Fisher one obviously makes sense. We After going through that signing day drama about whether Travis Fisher was uh, staying or going, um, they're making it perfectly clear and, and bumping him up from – uh, three hundred twenty-five thousand to four hundred fifty thousand. That uh, hey, job well done. Uh, obviously on the recruiting front and 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 with the way he's developed, so that makes sense for them. Um, yeah, good bump for uh, for Ryan Held as well. And um, you know, I, I think it's uh, you know the Greg Austin promotion uh, makes sense. Um, so not 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 shot. I mean, did any of those surprise you? No, not not really at all. I, I'm 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 somewhat surprised by the the way that this was put out by Nebraska. Um, traditionally, Nebraska, the way it happened last year, the way it's happened many years in the past, will release the assistant coaching salary salaries um, contract renewals all at one time. And Nebraska released four today: Travis Fisher, Greg Austin, Ryan Held, and then the new coach on staff new slash old coach on staff, Mike Dawson. Not mentioned Thursday in the press release by Nebraska, inside linebackers coach Barrett Rude, defensive line coach Tony Tuioti, tight ends coach Sean Becton, or the two coordinators, Troy Walters and Eric Chenander. So, yeah, that caught me off guard a bit in that we don't necessarily know the status on all of those guys as far as the time that's going to remain on their contracts. Every coach on the staff right now is signed – through December 31st of 2020. Uh, The four whose contracts were released on Thursday have received an extra year. So what's going on with the rest of the guys? I think um, uh, there are definitely some questions there that still need to be answered by uh, Nebraska and Scott Frost, and I'm sure that will come in time, but um, you know, what what do you make, Max, of of this this kind of split in the – in the um, releasing of information about the assistant coaches, it's it's um, it's different than the way they've done it before. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the the most the, the simplest way to put it is clearly their work's not done, you know. And, and I don't know if that means um, making more changes or or <laughs> there there are things out there that just haven't been signed and and, and uh, finalized yet or what. But um, yeah, that certainly stands out in, in in identifying just a few coaches that are are getting bumps here and all that. Um, and and certainly, you know, I think I think we're we're both wondering, 
Um, you know, what direction are they are they going in at, at wide receiver here? You know, after yeah. the season that Nebraska had, um, you know, do, do you feel like that's an, a spot where they need to explore what they can do? Yeah, I, I would say most notable among the, the information that we didn't get this week is that there's nothing about Troy Walters in here. I, Eric Chenander has been very present on the recruiting trail. Um, I think the defensive staff here with the addition – of Dawson is set. Um, I, I, I don't read much at all into the fact that we haven't seen Chenander's contract yet. I think that will still come. He's certainly a big part of Nebraska's plans in, in the future. Um, w- with Walters, there's more movement on the offensive side, and I don't know how this is all going to shake out. You see two offensive coaches get promotions. Um, Greg Austin, it's an on-field promotion uh, to get run game coordinator added to his uh, job description along with offensive line coach. So um, if you have a run game coordinator, do you have a pass game coordinator? Um, Is that Troy Walters? I mean, Scott Frost calls the plays. So, um, you know, Troy Walters has held that title as offensive coordinator. But uh, I I, I just – I sense that, like you said, Max, that they're not done here in in the movement that's uh, that's going to take place. We you know whether it's with personnel changes or just more, uh, as far as the, the things we saw on Thursday with uh, with, with titles uh, changing. So, well, and obviously it's, it's yeah. an uncomfortable thing, but like it, it could be a matter of exploring what your options are out there uh, to to improve your staff. And if you can't get what you what you're looking for, then you you stand pat, right? Yeah, that could be. And I mean, Troy Walters, uh, you know, he, he makes $700,000 a year. So um, this isn't a situation where, you know, if he's looking for something else that, uh, you know, that that's easy to replace that kind of a salary. You know, it's a it's a it's a complex deal for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at some point we're going to hear from Scott Frost. He'll have a chance to answer questions about uh, the direction and the makeup of this coaching staff, perhaps put some concerns to rest if that's his intention. Um, but right now, you know, we're, we're going on a full month w- without um, having had him address anything publicly. It's been since the, the signing day of, on the early signing period that Wednesday uh, since he has answered questions and talked to the media. And in the absence of that, uh, any real information, you know, you, you only get increased speculation. And, you know, right now, a lot of that speculation centers around exactly what's going on with the offensive staff. I, I think the 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 news on Thursday only in some ways enhances that speculation because you have a title for, for, uh, uh, for Greg Austin and one for Ryan held without, without much said about the other two guys in that, uh, in that offensive room. Well, and and look, this goes without saying, but I mean, you think back to when Scott Frost took this job, um, you know, he, he brought that entire UCF staff together and asked him, what should we do, right? And and these guys mm-hmm. decided to come to Nebraska uh, <laughs> essentially as a family, you know, with, 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 with all their families coming with them. And so, um, you know, to, to this point, you haven't really seen – like with, with uh, Mike Dawson coming back onto the staff here, it's like, you know, you, you really haven't seen – um, them, them make dramatic changes so far. And, and part of that's because this, you know, the continuity, um, and connections with this group is, uh, you know, was one of the selling points of, of, uh, coming here. So, uh, certainly curious Absolutely. to see if Scott Frost is, is looking to make some, uh, bold moves or if he's, he's looking to just, um, you know, add to the stat, add some new pieces to it to accentuate what they've already gotten and make them better. It's a, I'm sure it's an interesting kind of crossroads here. If you're, if you're frost going into uh, year three here. 
Yeah, and I think your point, it really is important. The loyalty that he has to these guys and the loyalty that they showed to him two years ago. Nebraska staff was in a unique spot in December of 2017 in that they all came from one school to another. And, and there, there was a lot of positive, I think, that was that was seen in that and was pointed out about that because of the way that these guys worked together. The success that they had at UCF in 2017 was fresh in everyone's mind. Um, but as they move forward, you know, I, I think you, you see another side of that in that it's, um, it's difficult to break these guys apart if that that's what is best for the program. There is the loyalty goes both ways. And, um, you know, they, they are always, as, as long as the bulk of this staff is together. And as long as those guys who came with him from UCF are a part of this thing at Nebraska, and I don't see that changing anytime soon with the majority of these, of these coaches, um, it's always going to be a unique situation because of the way that they moved from one place to another in whole two years ago um, to get this thing restarted at Nebraska. So something to consider for sure as Nebraska moves on in January and toward February and to watch um, for potentially some additional shifting or movement, especially on the offensive side of that staff. So shifting gears for us a bit before we move on with the rest of this, uh, this, this month, I do want to quickly review bowl season as it relates to Nebraska. That uh, means we're going to look back very quickly here. Uh, update, Nebraska did not play in a bowl game. Right. Nebraska did not play in a bowl game. Uh, <laughs> but yes, as it zero relates and to zero. Nebraska. As it relates to Nebraska's schedule in 2020, the Big Ten finished 4-5 and five in bowl competition. Uh, to backtrack a bit, Cincinnati won its bowl game. Central Michigan lost its bowl game. Both of those opponents will be in Lincoln in uh, September of next season before the schedule gets extremely difficult toward the end. But uh, Big Ten Bowl season, of course, headlined by Ohio State with its loss, its, its close loss to Clemson in the uh, semifinal, the college football playoff semifinal. Minnesota, a highlight, beat Auburn. Iowa stomped USC. Wisconsin was edged by Oregon in the Rose Bowl. So is this kind of peak Big Ten West that we're seeing, uh, we saw in bowl season, uh, even with the Wisconsin loss? Uh, had to be impressed with, with what Minnesota and Iowa did. Yeah, certainly. I, I, I think that, uh, you know, <laughs> it's funny, man. I, I think we both felt like we had a pretty good sense of what this Iowa team was. And, uh, you know, what their limitations were and where their strengths were. And, man, they, they put a beating on USC. And, and certainly USC was going through it, – it is still going through plenty, right? But um, but that I thought that was a really, really strong statement for them to – I mean, how many points they put up in that game? It was in the 40s. Yeah, did they have 49. 40 they put 49 two? on the Trojans. 40, 49. Wow, wow. <laughs> that's, and that's, uh, that's, that was not Iowa. That was not Iowa in 2019. No. That's not, but it that's was not in the, the holiday. Iowa Hawkeyes yeah. I saw in 2019. No. No. And Minnesota, too. Uh, to, to do that to Auburn, uh, I mean, you remember back to the beginning of the year when Auburn played Oregon. Um, it just seemed like uh, Auburn w- was uh, somewhat um, – you know, <laughs> Auburn was on a different level when, when the Tigers went outside of the SEC, but uh, not so much against, uh, against Minnesota in the postseason. So uh, that's, uh, you know, that's Black Friday for the Huskers next year. Uh, Minnesota coming to uh, coming to Lincoln, and that that uh, that that entire second half of the slate next season. I I, I did I did take note of the 
reporting this week by Dirk Chatlin of the Omaha World Herald who noted that Nebraska next season will play five consecutive games against teams that finished the previous year ranked in the top 15. And that is unprecedented in college football history. So happy 2020, Scott Frost. You better go 7-0 and because the back half of that schedule gets <laughs> awfully tough with Penn State, Ohio and, State, and then these, these three teams in the West we've talked about. Well, and, and not to mention, um, let me pull up Chris Vanini's uh, early group of five rankings on The Athletic. Uh, number one, Memphis. Number two, Cincinnati. So yeah, Cincinnati's yeah. coming back pretty strong here. Um I, I should mention, Mitch, from my time at the uh, from from the AFCA convention, uh, one thing I did get to do is sit in on a sixty six minute uh, presentation from PJ Fleck about his program's culture. And uh, by the end of it, I was I was almost ready to to buy a, a timeshare in St. Paul. Man, he he was he was fired <laughs> up, and that man is a uh, that man is one hell of a salesman. I know some I know a lot of people, especially in this part of the country. Uh, you know, roll their eyes on all things PJ Fleck, but uh, my goodness, he uh, the 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 momentum from that program right now is uh, <laughs> it, it is palpable. Did he bring his boat to uh, to no oars, no boats? But uh, man, he was PJ Fleck up up on a stage preaching about their culture. That it's like the role he was born to play, man, and he was yeah. uh, he was impressive. Yeah, and uh, Tanner Morgan, his quarterback, mentioned among some some early uh, Heisman favorites next season, at least on the odds chart. Um, <laughs> that, as that as be, Adrian yeah. Martinez, you want to place a bet ago. on whether Tanner Morgan's going to win the Heisman? That would be. A good I, bet I for us. you know, I'll, I'll put a couple bucks on it, and maybe maybe. I mean, who had Joe Burrow a year ago? I I don't I don't see that happening for Tanner Morgan. He's going to lose uh, some of that a tremendous receiving core from last year, but but um, hey. Iowa is losing Tristan Wirfs and A.J. Epinesa early to the NFL draft. Uh, Wisconsin is losing Quintez Cephas and Jonathan Taylor early to the NFL draft. So it's there. It's there for Minnesota. You know, you've got your quarterback back. Uh, You know, we'll see. That's a a long ways away. But He uh, he had a good quote about Tanner Morgan during his presentation. He said, uh, my quarterback, Tanner Morgan, is bald, six foot, and doesn't have the best arm. He will kick your butt on and off the field. Yeah. He loves hey, that PJ dude. Fleck is is uh, he's like the he's he he's I mean he's the hot thing right now this off season. It's it's almost like I think as as we get closer to July uh, in that that Big Ten media days, it, it's it's going to be some of the same vibe around PJ Fleck in Minnesota that we felt around Nebraska and Scott Frost a year ago. Like everybody is going to want to get a piece of what they're. Uh, what they're doing up there in Minneapolis. So uh, we will have plenty of time to dissect that through the off season. We can do an entire episode somewhere uh, later on months from now on that Nebraska schedule for 2020, but wanted to give you just a taste of that after the bowl season, as we move on and turn the page from the 2019 season. So new episodes from our national college football podcasts are coming off the national title game. You can get the audible with Stuart Mandel and Bruce Feldman, plus the Andy Staple show. Look those up wherever you get your podcasts for us. That is it for today. Please continue to support our show by subscribing on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen, give us a review, preferably good and go to the athletic.com forward slash the sellouts for 40% off a subscription to the athletic. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everyone.